When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome back to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we'll discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. Before we begin, I want to remind you that you can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, and make sure to bookmark that to get the latest Eagles news and analysis. You can also subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Extra Insider Tech service. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. We're once again joined by No Huddle Show co-host Les Bowen. Today we're going to talk about the Eagles' finalized 53-man roster, if there are any surprises, and what's in store for a season. But first off, Les, how are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. How about you? Not bad. Uh, you know, all that uh, the observations we made, all the people we see, uh, we've seen over there, started with 90 players, all of a sudden got whittled down to 53. It is crazy how uh, quickly it goes, training camps goes by, the Eagles close camp back on last Saturday with the excruciating uh, watching that 48 to 10 loss to the Miami Dolphins. And from there on, the Eagles were in the process of uh, whittling down their rosters. And, and now it looks like we have our 53 that we're going to run into beginning with the week one matchup against the Detroit Lions. But I'll start out with this. First off, Les, what are your initial thoughts about this 53-man roster? Well, there were no big shocks, I don't think. A few little mild surprises. I barely knew who Josh Sills was before yesterday. <laughs> I just thought he was a guy here for training camp. Turns out he's an offensive lineman they seem to like very much. Uh, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni talked yesterday about how he can play all five positions on the offensive line, and they kept him over Jack Anderson, a guy that I was pretty sure they liked and that I'm sure they would like to get back for the practice squad if they can. But really, uh, you know, were there any more our roster surprises to you? There really weren't to me, other than the trade, of course, for uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson that, uh, you know, took Anthony Harris off the team uh, because they didn't need him anymore. Uh, that was really it. And, and I, I can't imagine anybody – all the writers do uh, – the Eagles writers, we all do a roster contest every year to see who can pick the 53 the most accurately. And uh, I didn't win, but I only had a couple spots wrong. Uh, I think I had them keeping Deion Kane, you know, instead of having a 10th offensive lineman. Um, and I probably had, I, I don't know who I had at, uh, 
at safety, you know, not anticipating that trade. But I didn't win. And, you know, I can't imagine any of us had more than like three wrong on the whole thing. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I'm with you. Josh Sills news really blew me up uh, when he came there because I had Anderson making it as well, too. I thought about slipping in Coyote Awasika because I thought this team's very high on him just based on what they did with using him as guard and tackle. But Sills, yeah, Sills was Sills was a shock there. And I remember seeing him come in when both Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata were out with concussions. They moved him from guard to play some left tackle. You know, that's right. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, uh, he held his own. He did okay. I thought he, especially for being thrown in there and being a young guy and having to go up against, hey, hey, rookie, uh, go against Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. I thought he, he did okay, especially going against that first, going against that uh, first team defense when the second team offense was out there. You mentioned the chart. The Chauncey Gardner Johnson trade. I thought that was that came out of left field <laughs> because I was talking to some people around around the league and they thought that the Eagles were going to try to maybe pick up a, a veteran that may have been on waivers. But the fact that they added, they were able to get a guy of that caliber, a starter, a guy who's a ball hawk, hawk a guy who uh, I think brings something that this defense needs is, is, is a little a little attitude on the back end because I think teams didn't fear going across the middle of, of the field. I thought he adds that. And then you look at what you gave up for him, like basically essentially is a, a fifth and sixth round picks. It's like, okay, that was crazy. Uh, I thought the, uh, I thought the wide receiver, uh, I'm still a little shocked that Jalen Rager is here, to be honest. I thought that, especially with the team having him come out in the fourth preseason game and having him take some snaps and seeing throughout training camp, seeing Britton Covey back there, Getting return or get, get, getting uh, returns and kicking punts. I thought, like, okay, you know what? Maybe they're f- ready to phase them out, and maybe I thought they'd keep them on a roster if anything. But as it got t- closer and closer toward deadlock, the uh, roster cut down. I thought, okay, they're going to trade them for at least maybe like a conditional f- fourth or fifth or fourth or something. But he's still here, so it's 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 been a <laughs> it's it's been a crazy thing. I didn't win it either. Thank thank you very much, uh, Howie. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, the the uh, Rager thing, I I'm not surprised because I, I didn't think they were going to cut him. I think there'd be six million plus of dead cap uh, if for cutting him right now. Um, and if you look at figures around the league, I just saw this uh, a little while ago. The Eagles are like 58 million in dead cap, right near the top of the league, and they really don't want to add a whole bunch to that. They don't have cap room as it is; they're kind of up against it. So, you know, you're, you're talking about whether Jalen Rager is as good as or better than anybody else you could have as your fifth receiver, and you know he probably is. I mean, we all like Deion Kane, but. You're not talking about keeping him on the roster ahead of A.J. Brown or anything here, you know. I think they still could very easily trade Jalen Rager this week, next week, four weeks from now. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, the book is closed on that, but that would have been a hefty uh, cut for them to take, the, the dead cap money of cutting him. And it's not like he's the worst you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside couldn't play the position. I mean, we, we saw that when Seattle cut him yesterday after trading for him. You know, 
Rager can play the position. He just isn't anywhere near as good as he should be to be a first-round bat draft pick. You know, it's not like you can't put him out there, and, you know, and expect anything. Uh, so I wasn't shocked. Uh, I think there still could be something to happen there. But uh, the safety thing was a big shock. And I was a little surprised that Reed Blankenship is on the roster, uh, Chris. I I liked his preseason. He's a scrappy guy, makes a lot of tackles. But I didn't really see, you know, to me, he looked like the kind of guy you could keep on the practice squad. But I guess they really liked his special teams work. I wasn't paying real close attention to that. I don't know if you were. He was a guy, he was up there. He was a guy who had a nose around the ball. He was among the leaders, uh, the preseason leaders on the team in tackles. And it was one of those things where I didn't think he was like, if you got him one-on-one, if he had him against a slot receiver one-on-one in the middle box, I'd feel a little worried. But if he's going to be the guy that's playing that, 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 that that deep half, that deep third, I think that's good. I mean, when he was at Middle Middle Tennessee, he had I think he had like five interceptions or something like that uh-huh. in his senior season. It's a guy that you, I mean, you know, he's gonna he can get a good read on reading routes and then get a jump on the ball and possibly create turnovers. So I, I can see why they wanted to bring him in there. I was just shocked he made it out. I mean, I think that tells you the state of uh the, the team when it comes to this overall safety spot and. I wouldn't be surprised if they made like a depth move. I, even though they cut Anthony Harris to make room for uh, Gardner Johnson, personally, I wouldn't be surprised they brought him back after week two because, A, they wouldn't have to guarantee his contract that he was still on a roster. And I think as a third safety or as a, as a depth safety for the most part, I don't think he could do much worse. And, and I also think there's maybe a couple more moves to be made, especially with a couple of these guys like Josh Job, the, the surprising undrafted free agent who has an elbow injury and also got Josiah Scott, who's also nursing injury too. I don't know if they maybe put one of them, depending on how severe injuries are. Yeah, we just don't know are. about we injuries right now. You know, there's not the kind of formal reporting procedure that they do during the season. And these injuries could be kind of nothing or they could be pretty serious injuries. Uh, you, you don't want to IR somebody before – you cut to 53 because then they're IR'd for the season. But uh, would one of these guys be short-term IR'd uh, or are they going to be ready to go next week? We just don't have any idea right now. Yeah, I think that, yeah, because there's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be this this 53 that we saw yesterday. There's going to be a lot more shuffling that, that's going to come for this. Now, i also go to this, Les. When you look at this roster the way it stands right now, are there any positions that you feel still need to be upgraded? Ah, uh, that's a good question, Chris. I upgraded. I mean, not totally, but I could certainly see the running backs mix changing a little bit as we go along, depending on Miles Sanders' health, maybe. Um, I don't see a whole lot. Uh, you know, linebacker, I think we saw in the preseason games that maybe we were a little over-enthusiastic about some of the backups there, particularly Davion Taylor. Um, <laughs> but realistically, I don't think they're going to get a difference maker in here at linebacker. I think they have the starters. They just don't have – I'm not sure they have – as much depth as we maybe thought they did coming into camp. Uh, I don't see how they're going to do anything more at safety or corner. Uh, 
that's going to make a difference, you know. Um, so, no, I, I just don't. Uh, could you tinker with the backup quarterback situation, the third string quarterback situation? I don't know. But the, that's really kind of, you know, not at the forefront of, of things as we go into the season here. When it comes to the two positions that you mentioned, two of the positions that I would really look at, and, and I first one is going to be running back. Now, the Eagles are a lot at 16 practice squad spots, and six of them could be veterans. And there was one guy that I really was looking at as a potential spot in Marlon Mack, but according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, he's going to be resigning with the Houston Texans. But I think somebody who you know you can get a few uh, who can catch the ball out the backfield, which we know this team very values love if you look at who's on the roster now, but also somebody who can run that in between the tackles. Because I think that's the only thing this team is is missing is a bigger body that can pick up a couple yards, like that third three. I know it's more of a situational thing, but it, especially when you're running a four-minute offense late in the game, you need the guy to, to, to milk some time off the clock. And I think you, you need that, especially with – you don't. Know, the availability of Miles Sanders in the past few years. You don't know if you have that. I mean, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell could fill in, but you don't have that, the closer per se, when it comes to there. And when you look at Reese and that, I think they keep him early on. I mean, it makes sense because he knows the office. He doesn't have to. He, he he knows what to expect when it comes to the routes and, and, and the line calls and everything, but seeing and I know if you see your th- if you have to use your third quarterback in you're in trouble already and season's probably you got red flags everywhere but I think they really could if there's a lot of quarterbacks that were released yesterday and and I'd really take a hard look at seeing if you can upgrade that position because he looked good early on in camp he, he his timing was good with some of his receivers but when he got into the games I don't know if it's a mental block or what have you but it was things were a little off when it came there so yeah, you don't know little... if that's the guys he's playing with, if they're not running the routes right, if the protection, you know, goes totally yeah. on the fritz, uh, you know. But, yeah, you're right, especially this last game, Reed Senate really did not uh, show a whole lot. Uh, I like that play in Cleveland where he aired it out to Devin Allen. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can get Devin Allen onto the practice squad. I'm betting they can because if you claim him, you've got to have him on your 53 for a while, you know, and I just don't know that Devin Allen is ready to be on anybody's 53 right now. Uh, it would have to be a long-term investment for another team. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to upgrade a third grade, third string quarterback. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, you know, he he playing a gunner. I'm not calling him this because I know he's he's been with the Eagles a lot. He reminded me a little bit of Papali on a couple of those uh punt those uh punt cover scenes, being a gunner, like forcing pressure, uh, basically forcing a muff. That was too. So yeah, you see you see traits there that he can be a good uh, a good a decent player. He can play at least in this league, and you just need to refine some of these things. I mean. Like yeah, right I, I would like to receiver. see Devin Allen around, but I think practice squad is is where he is right now, his level right now. Now, Les, now we that know we know a majority of this roster and who's going to be on there. When you look at what they have, what do you think this out the outlook for the season is going to be? Boy, it's a it's a heck of a roster, Chris. You don't. I've never been one to. I think you don't want to overhype things. Uh, I certainly didn't predict a Super Bowl in 2017 or anything like that. I've never really seen – I don't think I've ever gone into an Eagles season and say, oh, 
best team in the league right here, you know. Um, <laughs> but it, it, if Jalen Hurts can be better than he was last year, substantially better, I don't know. You know, I, I it's, it's particularly in the NFC, I'm not sure. They don't – I think they stack up pretty well roster-wise. I, I, you have to see how Jonathan Gannon uses – this defensive personnel that they've given him. Uh, I don't, I think a lot of people were not that excited about the Eagles defensive scheme last year or what we saw of it. Um, They were really a bad defense in a lot of areas. So we assume that they fixed all that with all these guys they brought in, but we haven't seen it yet. So, yeah, but I, I have a very positive outlook on this season. I think they're probably the favorites to win the NFC East. Uh, Dallas was a better team last year, certainly, but I didn't think Dallas had a great offseason. Uh, too many good te- players left, and I don't really see the replacements. They left. They lost their left tackle. They haven't replaced him. Um Right now, I wouldn't be afraid of playing Dallas. Uh, and I, I, outside the division, you know, it's there's some good teams. Uh, Tampa Bay, of course, with Brady back. But I, I think the gap is, is much narrower than it was when um, the Eagles uh, lost that playoff game in Tampa and looked like they didn't belong in the same field as the Bucks. I don't think it would go that way if this roster lined up uh, against that team today. So, yeah, I, I, you know, 11-6, sure, sign me up. You know, I, when you look at this and, and, and look at the changes they made and where they had the issues and you compare it to where some of the top teams are in the NFC and even in this division, I think this team, I really think this team's going to go compete. I is. I think they make the divisional round, and depending on the matchup, I think they may. They, there's an outside chance to get to the NFC Championship game. I just look. I look at the way that within the division. I think they can. It's almost one of those situations where they can feast on the rest of the East because I don't think the Giants. The Giants under Dable, I think they're still finding traction. And I look at Daniel Jones. I'm thinking. Nah, I don't think he's the guy. He's. They're going to have to get a new quarterback next year. The Commanders. They seem like they're going to be a pesky team that that can be in a thorn in some, some of these teams with their defense. But offensively, I look at Carson Wentz and those re- the receivers are good, but it all goes to Carson Wentz, and he's we know he's been up and down as, as people in, the, in Philadelphia known. And then when you look at the Cowboys, you lost and to me on offense. The left tackles is the second most important position, and now you don't have Tyron Smith potentially until December at best. So now you, when you put them head-to-head and you have this Eagles defensive line going against that and the pressure you can put against the Cowboys, I think I had them splitting going in. I still think it is, but it's not out the realm, I think, of possibly winning both those games. I think it's that it's gotten the, the margin is shrink that much. And then, so if you feast on this NFC East, and, and take care of your own things. You got the AFC South, which is one of the weakest divisions as well, too. The Colts, it could be one of those situations where if the Eagles got to a fast start, we could potentially be talking about them being like a two-seed or a three-seed. And we all know what happens when you have home home field advantage here, especially in Philadelphia as well, too. So it might be one of those seasons where you're sitting and looking going, you know what? 
there might be something going on here that, that we might be you and me we might be going into a uh, late january uh going going to cut, still cover games so i think that 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 can be a fun thing to you know i wrote today about how this off season reminded me of the 2017 off season and i didn't mean to overstate you know the way that team played and the way it came together and the way it overcame injuries is, is probably unique. And I certainly don't think that if this team gets to the Super Bowl or something, I don't think it's going to follow that exact path, but it was an off season in 2017 where Howie Roseman, every time he needed a piece, he found it uh, through there's a lot of skill involved in that, of course, but there's also luck. You know, players have to be available. Uh, a lot of guys that he signed on one-year deals that year, a lot of guys were available in trades just like yesterday's trade where you're thinking, huh, you got a starting safety for that? You know, it, the Jay Ajay trade was like that for me, a fourth-round pick for, for Jay Ajay at that point in his career. Of course, the backstory was everybody kind of knew that his knee wasn't going to hold up for very long, but it sure held up for that Super Bowl year. So, you know, uh, it just seems like they were able to do a lot of stuff. And some years you just can't. You know, it's not that how he tries harder some years than others, but a few years ago he was trying to get wide receivers and just couldn't uh, catch one with a butterfly net. You know, it was uh, it was comical. I mean, they had a terrible wide receiver room the, the last year of Carson Wentz. And uh, – Sometimes the ball just starts rolling your way and keeps rolling that way. And that, that is the, how this offseason has been, which doesn't mean the season will go that way. But if this is how this offseason has been. It's every time they had a problem, it just seemed like the draft, the A.J. Brown trade. You know, that reminded me a little bit, too, of this safety deal yesterday. Uh, we all thought the safety bus had left the, the platform, you know, that – that, like you said, they'd end up going for some veteran guy that got cut or something and trying to make things a little better. We didn't see that there was a big move to be made. And it was the same with wide receivers. There was a lot of stuff happened early in free agency. Guys signed with their their teams that they looked like they were going to be leaving. Guys got traded. Uh, guys signed mega deals. And you were thinking, well, the wide receivers are all gone. Howie's going to have to go back into the draft with one of these two first-round picks and you know, have a really young wide receiving room. And suddenly, A.J. Brown appears. <laughs> you know, And uh, it, it was just that kind of offseason for him. Good work by him, but also tremendous good fortune that these deals were there to be made, that there were teams on the other end that were willing to part with these players at reasonable prices, you know. And the draft, the draft fell into place. N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, you know, um, it just seems like everything has gone their way thus far. Oh, very well put. And by the way, if you haven't had a chance to read it, which is a, it was a very good piece, as always, by Les, make sure you go to NJ.com slash Eagles to do that. And Les, we're coming to the end of this, this latest episode. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, my final thoughts, I guess, are that – uh, more and more, this is on the back of Jalen Hurts. You know, I was making a comparison with 2017, but it was kind of an opposite deal in 2017. In 2017, everybody thought 
the Eagles had a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. What we didn't realize is they had everything else. You know, they certainly didn't look like they had everything else on defense, and that's one of the worst defenses to ever win a Super Bowl, I think. But this year it's the other way around. I think we think they have talent up and down the roster. What we don't know is if they have a Super Bowl-capable quarterback. And more and more, that is the central question of this season. We entered the offseason thinking, you know, if they're really going to make us take a step forward into the the realm of, uh, you know, a, a possible division winner, Jalen Hurts is going to have to be a lot better. Now we're saying if they're going to take a huge step forward and be even better than that, then absolutely Jalen Hurts has to be better. And that's kind of where we are. There's no Nick Foles. You know, I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. There's no Nick Foles sitting there ready to take up the torch if anything happens to Jalen or if he struggles. It's kind of him. It's down to him, I think. Uh, He has a roster around him pretty much as good as any roster in the league. And if he plays at a Pro Bowl level, then, you know, start making postseason plans. Uh, But if he doesn't, then – you know, it's going to get kind of ugly around here because I think people are pretty excited and pretty they have pretty high expectations now. Very well. Put. Yeah, it's, it's a lot that's on his shoulders right now, given that it, there really is no excuse now. This is, this is a put up time. And if he does, he might also be a lot richer, too, with that getting that extension. Uh, I think for my final thought, I'm going to look at going to another like basically Jalen Hurts' other important half, and that's Nick Sirianni. I think this is a year for him. It's another prove-it year for him as well, too. And a, a lot's been made of him having uh, giving up the play calling to Shane Steichen. And when you look at where – and just looking overall from – when he first started last year, you know, he was getting his feet wet, trying to learn to be a head coach and divvied up everything. I mean, everybody remembers the opening press conference. And now when you look at what he's doing right now and, and, and the respect he's gained from the veterans and, and uh, across the league, you have to look and you think like, all right, the Eagles made another decent hire right now. At least it looks like, like looks like it that way. Granted, it's only his second season, but I think he's learned and I think he's learned, adjusted as well to, to do what's best for his team. And I'm really curious to what the messaging is going to be heading into this season because he's going to have to temper a lot of these expectations down. He's going to have to block out a lot of this noise that guys like you, uh, you and me were talking about this team, what we just talked about minutes ago. And it's going to be very important. I wonder how he manages that, how he manages these different personalities as well, too. Because I like the fact that he mentioned uh, yesterday when we were talking to him during the uh, and the press conference after the cutdowns about how he likes to trash talk as well, too. He likes to do that. Well, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson likes to do that. Then you have some of the other guys that are a little bit quiet, like James Bradbury and Devonta Smith. He manages that as well, too. So we continue here. Here we're talking about connectivity. We continue to talk about talking to like basically building relationships with the guys. That's going to be put to the test this year. And if he's able to basically be the manager, the CEO that he's looking to become now, I think this this team's in store for store for some good things. That's very well said, Chris. And I, I think you're right. I think I can see more and more. I wasn't around Nick a lot last year because I'd kind of retired and I was only doing stuff one day a week for the Associated Press. But this year, being around him a lot more, I see a guy that really relates to the players. 
you know, Doug Peterson, that was kind of his calling card. But Nick's a generation younger than Doug. And even though Nick didn't play in the NFL, I think he's really kind of almost like an older brother for some of these guys. And I also got out of that press conference yesterday. This kind of smacked me in the face. I think he and Howie, you know, are of the same generation and they're kind of buddies. And I don't think Howie has had that before with a coach, you know, uh, Howie's an odd sort of guy. He's uh, not a great conversationalist. Uh, he's not a, a real warm and fuzzy guy, but I think he and Nick get each other pretty well. And uh, that's, that's going to be an interesting dynamic because I don't know if, if, if Howie has ever been this close to, a, to an Eagles coach. That would be it. You know what? If they ever had like one of those buddy cop movies, seeing the two of them together, I think I paid about $7 to watch it a little bit. <laughs> and for, and also, we're glad you came out of retirement to join us for this podcast. And as always, thank you very much for joining us on this one. And remember, to make sure you go to nj.com slash Eagles, check out our latest articles. You can read the piece we talked about about Les when he came, to, when he talked about the Eagles' expectations for this year. Also, make sure Eagles Extra is always available. Make sure you sign up. There's a 14-day free trial we can ask us questions and get some insight and analysis i gave some stuff about uh greg ward that only sh- i'm going to share i shared with only that and I'm, i didn't put into any of the stories or anything else so way well, you're at eagles extra you never know what you're going to get and if stuff we're hearing as well too so make sure you sign up for that so for everybody for less i'm chris everybody enjoy the rest of your day <laughs>